This episode is brought to you by EDM's central hub, stagehoppers.com. Stay locked for all FBI podcasts and vlog premieres and give Stagehoppers and EDM train a follow. What is up, headbangers? You are locked in to the Filthy Beat Inspectors podcast. I am your co-host, Chrissy, and my homegirl, Yessi, is right here with me. On this week's episode, we had Danny King on the mic to talk about her experience as an EDM vocalist and what it's like being a woman in this scene. Huge shout out to our street team member, Alexa, with Threads on the Streets for all of her custom dubstep FBI merch jobs. She pressed the don't talk to me unless you headbang masks, so go cop one quick before they sell out. Oh, and I picked the slappers this past Sunday. Stay locked on Spotify and SoundCloud for weekly updates. That's it. I'm out. Peace. up headbangers you are locked into another episode of the filthy beat inspectors podcast i'm your co-host yesi i am chrissy from all the way from socal we have the one and only danny king joining us today what's up girl hi how's it going hi happy to have you thanks yes love to have more women on the show and then your dog of course in the background I know I'm so excited to be here she's usually quiet if she's not I'll kick her out so <laughs> no need to kick her she's out she's a woman too she's welcome <laughs> on the show love to see it mm-hmm. we're dog lovers too so oh yeah dogs over cats personally I love both but I'm definitely a dog person mm-hmm so Danny from what I read on your website you've been in the industry since you were 14 Like, oh my God. So walk us through how it all started. Like what inspired you and what's it been like? So I have pretty much always wanted to sing. I told my mom when I was three years old, like I would like to um, sing on stage like Belle. They took me to go see Beauty and the Beast. And so um, for some reason, it just, it's always been a thing for me. So when I was five, I started playing piano. 12, I started taking voice lessons. And I think 12, I also picked up guitar and I started playing out at bars around um, the Chicago area when I was about 14. So my parents had to accompany me. Yeah, they had to accompany me because I was too young to be there by myself. Um, And so that was my first job as a kid. I was making like 200 bucks a night playing out at bar. (laughs) Hey, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I up that cheese. (laughs) Yeah, it was really fun. Um, but then from there, I, I continued doing that throughout high school and I ended up going to college for music. I went to Belmont university, got my degree in, uh, commercial voice, which is just like vocal performance. And then, um, minor in music business. I liked Nashville, but it wasn't really my scene ended up in LA and ended up doing EDM. Wow. So when did you first discover the EDM scene? Cause I feel like everyone kind of started with Skrillex not gonna lie everyone was like oh I heard bangering and and that's when I knew I wanted to get into EDM when did you start finding out about the electronic side of things 
So EDM is interesting from a vocalist standpoint, for sure, because I'm, I mostly do vocals and then I do vocal production as well. Skrillex obviously was the first song that I heard. It was bangerang that I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I've always loved it, but it wasn't until I heard Eyes on Fire by Blue Foundation that I was like, oh my God, a woman's voice on that sounds beautiful. So that was the first one. And then what really sealed the deal was the Cruella Get Wet tour in 2013. Dude, yes. Cruella, they were the legends. They were the boss women in the scene. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw them perform live and I was like, these chicks are so badass. I want to be that cool. <laughs> like, can that be me? <laughs> yes, yeah. that can be me. <laughs> oh, straight up. That was like exactly what was going through my head. So uh, that's kind of where that inspiration came from. I didn't fully switch over to EDM from pop until like 2015 though. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, do you still do some pop songs? I mean, you can't be like fully EDM, right? You probably kind of take jobs as they come and, and kind of bend the genres as needed or. Yeah. I, I was kind of doing a combo of both, but to be honest, I have enough vocal requests for EDM that I just stay in that category. Now. I don't think I've done pop music in like three years. Yeah. It's been a while. I mean, that was one of the questions that I had for you was like, do people come to you with their requests or do you seek out requests for jobs? Like, how does that work? It's a little bit of both. Um, I am an absolute troll on Twitter. (laughs) Um, That's how I get a lot of my work is basically just interacting and networking via the internet. And I've always been doing that, but especially during the pandemic, it's been a lot easier because I'm home all day. Um, But usually what I'll do is I'll, I'll befriend people and it's really, it's really convenient to, you know, live with someone who works in electronic music and have a bunch of friends in the industry already. But I try to branch out and meet new people and make new friends. And that's how I got my collab with Swarm was literally via Twitter. I befriended him and his wonderful girlfriend. And then I tweeted at him. I was like, Hey, Swarm, when are we collabing? And I had a song in my inbox the next day. So (laughs) It's funny how it works, right? I feel like all these producers are sitting on so many IDs. Like being, oh, yeah. my, boy, my boyfriend's a producer and I feel like he has a new ID every day. I'm like, when are you going to drop that? Just self-release it. Yeah. Yeah. So I get a lot of requests um, to top line over instrumentals and IDs and stuff like that. And so usually what I do is I'll write like three or four songs over each ID and then I'll repurpose whatever top lines are not taken. And I have like a whole list of top lines that are just like available for sale right now. So I work both ways. It's, it just depends. So how do you prioritize requests that come in? Do you look at like their analytics, look at like, do they have a good following the artists or how does that work? We've never really seen the vocalist side. So we're just curious to hear how it works. um, It's, oh, how do I explain this? Um, We obviously prioritize people who have um, higher stream counts and like monthly listeners on Spotify is really the biggest thing for us is looking at someone who's going to be able to get help us boost my numbers as well because I'm still very much a baby artist so um, a great example is the collab that I just did with Bishu like that was hands down a great opportunity I never would have said no to that because he has songs that reach millions of streams so why wouldn't I do that you know we do prioritize people who are going to help us raise our monthly streams and stuff like that However, I will take collabs from anybody. I don't care if they don't even have a song out. If the instrumental that they send me is fire, I'm going to do it. Oh, of course. I, I fall in love with the song and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting you say that too, because I feel like sometimes like we, our mission is obviously to put on upcoming artists and to help them reach their supporters. But ultimately, like we want artists who are engaging on social media, who 
are always talking to their fans and and they have people who want to hear from them. I feel like those are the best kinds of collabs when it's like a two-way street and both people promote it and both people are hyped and excited and and you kind of like gain followers and listeners on both sides of the road. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's like those are my favorite people to work with or people who I genuinely formed friendships with because we know that we're going to support each other even on releases that we're not working together on, we're always going to support each other, share our content. Mm-hmm. and just like lift each other up as a group exactly yeah. is that like like Omas I recently saw yeah. that you had a couple songs with him right <laughs> I have like 10 songs with him yeah talk Hell about yeah. that partnership because I know you both have been on Subsidia but that it goes further than that right yeah so we um he was actually the first song that I released that hit 100k streams the one of my collabs with him so we started working on a song together because he was an icon collective student and he and I had a mutual friend in one of the professors at icon I I met him through another friend okay so you were at icon um I wasn't but it was just like a friend of a friend that I knew he connected us we started working on a track together and um Omos shared my vocals around the icon collective page and got me a ton of work like a wow. ton of work. And that is actually wow. how I ended up meeting my management is because he did that for me. So we just formed a friendship finally and then like continued working together. And after after I think it was like the first two songs that we did because he was paying me for vocals, we decided to just drop any fees and trade off. So he gives me production lessons. He's helping me produce a couple singles. And then um, um I give him vocals and like I'll do vocal production for him on other projects all that kind of stuff so it's a very symbiotic relationship yeah I love that and a lot of times like in EDM once you find people who they love what you're putting out you love what they're putting out like they're gonna be supporters for life I mean case in point with us like when we first got started we worked with Blaze and the Later Tonight crew over on the east coast I mean they've been so supportive we've never even met them but every time we see them drop something, we're like, hell yeah, promote and vice versa. So it's really cool to see that in this scene, how mutually beneficial and like uplifting some of the people are. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Omas and I are the same way. We've actually never met in person. (laughs) Um, We get to meet Wednesday for the first time and I'm like, so excited. Wow. Oh my God. We've been working together for two years now. We've never met. So I'm like stoked. That's a long time coming. I'm yeah, excited for you. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, I mean, everything in SoCal, it's still shut down, right? Because I'm from San Diego and my whole family says that everything is still pretty much closed there. There's nothing really open. I don't really know because I don't really leave my house. No shame. I think, I think some of the like bars and restaurants are open for outdoor dining and stuff, but I've been like, I've been fairly quarantined because I actually just took a trip to go see my family over in Palm Springs. So I had to do the whole quarantine and test and quarantined again because going to go see my boyfriend's family in a little bit. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just, I just don't go out and see anything. I don't know what's going on in the outside world. Mm -hmm. So like no playing at bars or singing, no, no shows. (laughs) I was doing it up until the pandemic hit, but I obviously had to stop. I mean, speaking of shows, like what were your last few shows before the world shut down? Oh, um, I, I do acoustic shows at um, a bar in uh, Marina Del Rey, sorry, bar in Marina Del Rey called Brennan's. Um, and I was their resident musician up until this happened. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go back to doing that or 
not, we'll see if I have to, I will. Um, but I was actually just starting as the booking agent for another bar in Los Angeles. And we had a whole grand opening scheduled for the Sunday after, uh, COVID like became a thing in the U S it was like March 15th or something. I'm not sure, but yeah. And the bar owner was like, we're going to go ahead with this. And I was like, no, we're not. Mm -mm. (laughs) All my musicians have pulled out. We have to cancel this show. So damn. So you were actually pegged with booking people to play at that venue. Yeah. I was, I was the booking agent, the sound person, everything. Like I, yeah, I did the whole setup for the the um grand opening and we canceled it wow so what else do you do in this industry that we don't know about right you have like three <laughs> three instruments under your belt you do av you got booking that's really impressive like i thank you i appreciate it i just i don't know i like to learn things as i go and i just think having a wealth of knowledge is important and being able to do a bunch of different things so you don't just get stuck doing one because like I can't top line forever. You know, there is kind of an end date to that job and I love it and I want to keep doing it long-term, but I don't want to burn myself out on it. So mm-hmm. being able to take on vocal production and podcast editing, and um, I'm planning on starting a Patreon probably towards the end of this month to have like lessons on songwriting and all that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's trying to make sure that I have like multiple sources of music that I can monetize and turn into a career yeah there you go I mean case in point again last year when the world shut down we were like hey we got to start doing live streams our first live stream was just on Instagram it was like super crappy audio super crappy video (laughs) me headbanging in my living room and then our next our next live stream was like direct audio OBS frame like you know you have to learn the whole nine yards in this industry because you can't always guarantee that you're gonna have the audio guy right next door to help you set up or you can't always guarantee you're gonna have like an agent booking you for shows so that's really respectable I mean especially as a woman we love to see the women take on the jack of all trades roles (laughs) and that's really inspiring I think you know especially to me but to a lot of upcoming vocalists or even artists and producers in the EDM scene. Thank you. I really appreciate that actually. Cause like that was, it's, it's definitely been a struggle. Um, just being the vocalist. I don't want that title because I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of people look down on vocalists as like, Oh, they don't know what they're doing. That kind oh of thing. God. And it, it gets really frustrating because I, for quite a while, I was getting back songs that like didn't sound good because the vocal production wasn't good. So I taught myself how to do it. So that I didn't have to worry about that anymore. And I still have people who will like get up in my DMs and be like, do you even know music theory? I'm like, dude, I have a degree in it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Isn't that the worst? Especially, I mean, I'm not going to say it's because we're women, but a lot of doubts come our way, especially in this music industry. And I've said it once, I'm going to say it again. Women work just as hard as any man, if not harder. Like, Mm -hmm. let's go stop doubting women. We're going to take over the world one day. I know. Yeah. That's like the number one frustrating thing for me is like, I, I know that those questions would not be phrased the same way or be asked with the same tone. If I was a guy, right. Like people don't, I've never heard of producers going to their male vocalists and being like, well, do you even know music theory? Like that's not, it's not a thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's 
it's really weird. I feel like it's a very touchy subject too of women in this industry because for example, the last month, Chrissy and I, we're always trying to find ways to engage with our audience. And so last year we posted a meme. It wasn't really a meme. It was like, choose your top three DJs, but it was all men. And we got a comment saying, where are the women at? So then we created one that was all women. And we're like, okay, choose your top three. You can only listen to three for an entire year. We didn't say like you have, like they all have to go or like one has to go, you know? And then we got, people tried to cancel us on Twitter because of this women meme that we created. And we were like, we're just trying to empower other women. Like we even got some messages from people saying like, oh, I didn't even know about these DJs, but thank you, I'll check them out. Yeah, I I think I saw that to be honest. Um, And I just like roll my eyes anytime that happens why it doesn't matter you're just saying pick your favorites mm-hmm. right <laughs> it's not like we're saying oh these girls can't sit with us like you can only pick three exclusive women to sit with you it was just literally and our thinking was like okay what up- upcoming women artists can we include on this like again Lay's Jinx um Lizzie Jane yeah all of them <laughs> we wanted them all to be in like the conversation with these huge women like Jessica Autofred and Alice in Wonderland and somehow some way one person on twitter started that cancel culture thread and that was the end of it. but hey you got to have tough skin in this industry and that's what it comes down to i mean it comes down to showing up every single day and sometimes you got to prove your worth but like you said i mean you love doing it and it really shows especially with some of your recent releases like gemini thanks oh my gosh i'm glad you guys like that one that one was really fun to make Yeah, that one is actually stuck in my head. I was listening to it a few times before this. Um, I would take a shot at singing it, but I would make myself look bad. (laughs) It'll stay up here. Yeah, we had a lot of fun (laughs) making that. That was was a good time. Mm -hmm. That one was all Omos's idea too. He just asked me to do the vocals and I was like, hell yeah, let's go. Nice. And what was it like having releases on Subsidia? Oh, that was really fun. Um, That was... It's okay. It's not Subsidious' fault, but that was kind of a disaster. <laughs> um, so that song came out on January sixth. The compilation album did, and our uh, our posts for social media and everything to do the release announcements were scheduled for noon, and the coup at the Capitol happened at eleven forty-five. <laughs> that so- day was crazy. <laughs> so R.I.P. that release day. It was um, yeah. It was not good. <laughs> and that's not Subsidia's fault. There's nothing we can do about that. But right. It but, was a little yeah. But Subsidia has been fantastic to work with. Um, their label head is actually a woman named Mary, and she's been incredible, honestly. They were on top of it. They got the artwork to us really quickly. All the release assets, everything was distributed like correctly. We didn't have to worry about me being tagged properly. They were really awesome. Yeah. I mean, for the amount of tracks that they've released since what was it that September announcement the last like, September yeah the amount of str- tracks that they've dropped they have not really fumbled any of them like oh, I've no seen way. every artist on those compilations has been built up they've gained followers they've gained recognition and the releases have been really well done too which I'm gonna yeah. be honest that's not something that every label in dubstep can say so I've, I have a lot of respect for Excision, Subsidia, and the team that's behind that label because they're yeah. doing exactly what their mission has sought out to do. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. And from what Mary said too, Jeff has final say on what songs go onto the compilation albums. So 
he's very heavily involved with his own label, which I love that too. I think it's really good that an artist is like so dedicated to mm -hmm. all of these projects that he has going, even though he's so busy, he still makes time to listen to every single song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need, we need more Godfathers like Jeff. I know, right? <laughs> the the <laughs> grandfather <laughs> of dubstep. <laughs> hey, I mean, maybe he'll drop your track live once things come back. Oh, how cool would that be though I know and then people awesome. will get pictures or people get will get videos and then they'll send them to you and tag tag you in them That'd I know so I've had so many songs come out and I haven't been able to hear a single one live yet and I'm oh, so excited. that must be really frustrating yeah yeah I know. Cause like even talking to swarm he said like when shows are back he wants to bring me out and perform heartless with him which I would just die of happiness if I got to do that I don't know how uh, I'm gonna yeah. sing that live because that song is really hard to sing but <laughs> well swarm is huge too because I think I actually discovered swarm on that Couchland stream a couple months probably back. Mm -hmm. oh my god yeah. and then um I don't know if you guys saw how he got that but you know how I was saying I I'm a troll on Twitter and I just befriend people that's mm -hmm. exactly what he did to get that stream what? He made a parody video writing a letter to Excision asking to be on the Couchland stream and Excision responded and was like, yeah, let's go. I think I saw this actually like briefly, but I just thought it was like, I didn't think much of it. I just thought like, oh, it's another like TikTok or whatever video. Yeah, no, that's exactly how he got onto the Couchland stream was by just be being a complete clown. It was really funny. Damn. No, that's, that's huge. I mean- I have a love and hate for Twitter. Mm, it's like it you. lands you opportunities, but at the same time, it's very toxic. And only if you really, really let it get to you, though. So, oh, yeah. just got to have that strong willpower to just let it go. And yeah. people will hate always, people will always judge you. You always have to feel like you have to prove yourself, but you just got to keep going. Ignore it. I agree. Oh, you, boo. <laughs> I always try to keep myself very neutral. Like, I my personality I hate confrontation and I hate making people mad so I always try to be the happy friendly person who gets along with everybody but if Twitter trolls are going after my friends I will fight someone <laughs> oh you have to and I always have to remind myself like if I post something controversial and one person tries to cancel me for it I'm like okay Chrissy there's 20,000 people in EDM Twitter only 10 of them saw you get canceled. So pick it up. Most, most of them going. don't care. <laughs> I know, right? Most of them are doing whatever medium Twitter people do. I don't know. Watching live streams <laughs> all day. God. Literally, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So me at the beginning of quarantine. Seriously, right? I feel like that was all of us. My screen time must have been up to like 10 hours a day or something during quarantine. Oh my God, it was bad. And then we used to have like Ravathons like every other day <laughs> we would make quarantinis you know like the emergency with vodka and sprite or whatever and just be cheersing <laughs> over video and just getting just getting trashed like every other day and uh, this reminds me actually um when lockdown happened there was a moment where we thought okay well restaurants are shutting down they're shutting down like everything except grocery stores and then i think they announced that liquor stores were also going to shut down so we all went crazy we all like hauled ass to the liquor store and we were all like okay chrissy like if you don't make it in time if, if it closes let oh, me wow. know i'm at the store now i can get you some booze <laughs> mm -hmm. i was buying like two giant handles of belvedere and like two giant orange juices <laughs> Where are you guys based out of that they closed the liquor stores? 
So they didn't end up closing it, but we're in Denver. Okay. It was a false alarm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and, then, we and then they were like, surprise, dispensaries are going to be open too. We got you guys. Thank God. So it was one of those moments where like, we literally, I literally just dropped like $200 worth of alcohol <laughs> and they weren't even like, going to close the liquor stores after all. I was like, you motherfuckers. I literally yeah. just bought like, had it. <laughs> yeah. And then I we have- went through it real quick. Of course. I had one distinct advantage going into quarantine and so did my roommates. Um, I was living with my roommate, her boyfriend and my boyfriend, four of us and a dog in a two bedroom, which was really fun. But I bartended for seven years. So I'm really good at making like nice cocktails and stuff. So we didn't have to do like the emergency drink. There you go, mixologist Um, in-house. Yeah, it was quite convenient. So we had fun on the weekends, but yeah, it got got old pretty fast. My boyfriend and I ended up, uh, my parents have a house in Palm Springs. And so my boyfriend and I ended up moving out to Palm Springs from May until September. Damn. It was hot. Yeah. You must have been toasting. Yeah. Um, But we had a whole house. We had a pool. I had my own private office that wasn't also my bedroom. (laughs) Love to see it. It was awesome. So, okay. So they have a house in Palm Springs. Have you gone to Coachella? No. (laughs) And the house is walking distance from the Coachella grounds. Are you it's kidding like half me? A mile. No, I'm dead serious. And I haven't gone yet. I need uh, to go. Do they, but... do they rent it out at least when? No, 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 no. They live, uh, their neighborhood, the HOA rules say you can't rent it out for short-term rentals. So it has to be for a 30 day lease. So wow. 30 days. When Coachella, yeah. When Coachella rolls around, I definitely have a place to stay. I just need to actually go. Mm-hmm. If it happens again, geez. I know. Maybe next year. Yeah, I doubt it's going to happen this year. It's not likely. Didn't they cancel it, though, or did they postpone it? I don't know, actually. I think they canceled it. Hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised. I, I feel like that would be the responsible thing to do. Yeah, I know. We're, like, watching Ultra. We're waiting for a Lost Lands announcement. We're waiting for, like, EDC, EDC. Orlando. Um, our friend just sent us a festival in the UK that's apparently happening. What was that? Like, a beach festival or something? Yeah, it was, like, the so beach jealous. festival in the UK or something in August. I was like, oh, oh, word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, cr- yeah, we, we actually bought tickets for Nocturnal Wonderland when they went on sale. So fun. Fingers crossed on that one, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, Insomniac stays throwing shows though. Cause I know. I know they just announced that, what is it called? Abduction or something in Orlando. Yeah. The abduction show, like the pod <laughs> show or something. Aliens. Yeah. I just remember seeing aliens. <laughs> I know. Well, apparently the pods are only offered for VIP. Oh, I know. I Wait. ain't got that kind of money. Uh, no, me neither. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. It says here VIP pods. And then there's the galaxy bar and then the stage two base rush interesting that's not something that i would risk i just i realize that you know i'm 28 and healthy but i don't want to risk a disease that could give me permanent lung damage because that could literally ruin my career so i'm not i'm just gonna yeah i'm gonna stay in my house until i get vaccinated (laughs) for real i know i had to get two shots earlier and i was like what are the chances of me having to get two shots and neither of them being the COVID vaccine? That like sucks. Screw that. <laughs> I know. Not a good time. Cool. Let's jump into the lightning round. It's my favorite round. So we're just going to ask you some questions and just 
answer as quickly as possible. So I'll get us started. Okay. What is your favorite microphone setup? Um, I love the WA87. It's the one that I've currently been using. Um, I have not used it on a release that's out yet, but one of them should be out by the end of this year. It is so crisp and clean. Um, I just use a little isolation shield and um, right now I'm working on a Focusrite, but I'm planning on upgrading to an Apollo this year as well. And I'm very excited about that. Wow. So do you record standing up? Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually think it's really important to stand up as opposed to sitting down, um, especially for the vocals that I do, because most of what I do is like powerhouse belting. You just get better energy, better um, breath support, and just it's all around more like energy is just the right word for it. It's better to do that standing up as opposed to sitting down. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I have to take my shots standing up too, so something <laughs> somewhat similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, next question. What has been your favorite live performance? That's really hard because I haven't really gotten to perform uh, EDM songs yet. I got to do one that was really cool in Reno, Nevada with my friend, Will. He goes by Sounds of Apollo and he actually flew me out to premiere our song called uh, Breathe Again. And that was incredible because we had, we played a venue in Reno that had a 500 person capacity and we packed it with a line out the door or 800 person capacity, sorry. 800 people line out the door and around the block. Damn. So that was pretty cool, I'm not gonna lie. However, that venue had never had a live singer before. So the sound setup was janky. <laughs> oh no, but hey, oh, I mean, sold out. It was so fun, like, I don't even care. It was, it was such a blast. Um, and that was just like the tip of the iceberg. So I'm really excited for shows to come back so I can start doing live performances with EDM. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're excited to see you live. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> You'll have to let us know when you're out in Denver and we'll come see you. Oh, absolutely. Hell yeah. Okay, next one. Besides your dog, what else are your must-haves in the studio? Um, I love my little 3D printed moonlight. <laughs> oh, I love Ooh. that. And then I have my little work crystals, these guys. I got a smoky yes. quartz and a rose quartz. Um, glass of water, I like a good cup of tea and my zebra plant. <laughs> Ooh, love it. Is that real? Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm an absolute crazy plant lady. So I like to be surrounded with the plants. Oh, and lastly, also super important because I am super ADD is my passion planner. This thing. Oh is my God. I love passion planner. I, I love it. This thing is a godsend. I've gotten so much more accomplished since I started using these and it's just easier for me to focus when I have everything written down in this format. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. Yessie literally got me that for Christmas. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. This, yeah. I love that planner. It's fantastic. Actually the owner, her, her name's Angie. Mm -hmm. um, my sister used to work with her. And oh, no way. yeah. So I knew about passion planner when she first started years ago, because my sister was like, Hey, I know that you're, you like to keep your things organized and you always have these planners and organizational items. Let me get you this passion planner. I think you'd really like it. And this was her beginning stages when she just had the basic black print or like the black cover. Oh, that's so, sick. <laughs> so it's really so cool to I see how quickly she's grown. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we found this because my mom donated to their GoFundMe and she got me one. She gave it to me for Christmas. It was like one of her little GoFundMe things. Um, and I've been using it ever since. I think it's been like four years now or something. 
Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Carry them everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Next question. When shows come back, do you think that you'd prefer to play for a large festival crowd or for a smaller, more intimate crowd? Oh, I want to do a festival so bad. (laughs) Let's go. Main stage, baby. Yes. Um, probably not main stage, but I'll take a side stage. I'm fine with that. Um, I've been doing small crowds forever, literally since 14. Like I love the small crowds. They're fun, but I really want to get that experience of like being in front of thousands of people. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you and swarm at legend Valley, maybe like a five or 6 PM set. Let's go. That would be so cool. Or even at the Sahara tent at Coachella, that'd be amazing. That's the dream. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. It would be really cool to do that. So that's like top tier goals for probably 2022. Yeah. And it's definitely reachable. I can, I can already vision it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, you've been releasing a ton of music lately. Like I was, I was stalking your Spotify and you've got a lot of tracks that came out last year. And I mean, this year, even you came out swinging. So keep on that trajectory you know it's it's all about getting one percent better yeah yeah I've had four songs come out this year so far and I've got three more lined up already um and I have I have probably somewhere between 20 and 30 unreleased wow (laughs) damn girl okay we need need you to do a mix for us geez (laughs) all ids (laughs) straight yeah do a do a dubs of fbi riot control radio mix (laughs) i'm actually kind of not opposed to that that would be fun that'd be sick i know (laughs) let's talk about it after the show i'm down all right two more sweet beach or mountains i mean i live in california so both but um honestly beach i'm a beach person fair enough i live three miles away from the beach i bike there like oh that's so nice i know all righty what is your favorite fashion brand? That is a wonderful question. I have a tendency to go thrift shopping. So um, I don't often look at like brand names and stuff. I, as far as like EDM style stuff goes, I have a lot of electric family gear that I really like. Um, Fancy, like if we're going fancy, it's probably Black Halo their stuff is beautiful they have like yeah it's um it's uh more high-end like dresses and stuff like that and I have this two-piece like bright blue skirt and like crop top set that is so fire it is very uncomfortable but it's very cute but mostly what I buy is just like secondhand thrift store I'm not really big on brands and labels (laughs) hey that's cool that's good that's how you get the unique stuff that really stands out yeah, it's fun. And I like shopping at places. I don't know if you've ever been to Costa Mesa, but Costa Mesa has this pl- this place called the Anti-Mall. Hmm. No, I haven't been there. Oh, it's really cool. It's basically a mall setup, but it's entirely boutique stores instead of like how oh, malls are always, you know, chains and stuff like that. It's all boutique, all original to Costa Mesa. They have beautiful items. So I've gotten a couple of things from there that I'm really excited about. That's oh, awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like treasure hunting almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like to try and aim for like smaller handcrafted. I like supporting small businesses. That's always, you know, a wonderful feeling. Yeah. Of course. Well, that's so cool. 
Um, that was the last question for us, Danny. Do you have any last words for your audience? Um, I guess the only thing I have is uh, upcoming release announcement. I've got a song coming out April 2nd, so it's a little ways away, but it's called Aftermath and it's with this awesome producer called Yikes. He's really fantastic. I've got another one coming out in May and June, both of which are with Omos. So more <laughs> damn Omos. girl. Okay. I know a lot more music coming out. So yes, that's what yeah. we love to hear. And we love to hear from you today. So thank you so much for being our guest. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. I'm glad we got to meet. Same. Same well, to everybody listening, thank you so much for your support and Keep wearing those masks, keep social distancing, and we will see you at the next rave whenever that may be. Stay locked.